One take. Here we go. Hello. What's happening? Can you hear us? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's going on? How's us? it going, Frank? Y'all sound good? Does yeah, this yeah, mic sound yeah. all right? Yeah, what's up? How's it going? Awesome. We're doing great. How are you? Good. I'm good. So introduce me around the room there. Uh, for sure. So my name's Xavier. My name's Ian. What's up, Xavier? Hold and on. David the Funky Ho Bean. <laughs> David the Funky Ho Bean. And what was your name in the middle? My name's Ian. Ian. Okay. Ian, David, and Xavier. All right. Nice to meet you guys. David the Funky Ho Bean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. What's going on? Not too much, and you are obviously muck sticky in the flesh. How's it going? Yeah, nice to meet you guys. It's a pleasure. Di my digitally, honor. yeah, digitally in the flesh. <laughs> I like in the uh, like in the hats on the wall back. Is that hats? Oh yeah, that's my uh, yeah collection. I put on my uh, craziest one today, the coolest looking one. <laughs> but yeah, pretty, I just pretty I fresh collection. There, What's going on? I said, that's a pretty fresh collection you got going on oh, yeah. there, buddy. I might have to add another row if I keep finding ones I like. <laughs> yeah, man. Pretty soon you'll have a whole room just dedicated to hats. <laughs> this is the hat room. <laughs> the hat room. So how's Not quarantine room, been for you? Room. Man, it's been all right, you know. I've been... uh it's not really, you know, I stay kind of cooped up in the studio most of the time anyway. So, you know, it's not really been too much out of the ordinary for me, except that I can't, I just, you know, I went out even less than yeah. I did before. Just staying home so, with a little bit of the something, something. <laughs> no big deal. You know what I'm saying? I, I keep it, keep it groovy, man. I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys, man. I just enjoy the experience of life. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, we all live together, so luckily we we're able to keep each other company, and hasn't been hasn't been too bad. But it's been what almost a hundred days now. It's been Shit. yeah, <laughs> it's been uh, it's crazy. Been Where are you guys from? From Illinois. Uh, Illinois. What, what? Champaign. Champaign, Illinois. Champaign. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I've been there. What's the uh, uh, what's the? Hold on, let me let me think of what's the venue here. <laughs> Uh, not the Canopy Club, but the yeah, Canopy Club. That's here. Is too. this the Canopy Club? That is okay. here. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh, you've right. been okay. You've been there. Nice. Yep, been there awesome. quite a few times. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Next time you're around, if you ever make it back this way, let us know. <laughs> Definitely chill out a little bit. Um, but yeah. So I wanted to just I got a couple random questions here. We can just talk about whatever though. Um, but yeah. So I just wanted to say how I like found you. I was probably like, oh, geez, what would it have been? I would have been like. So is this, hold on, excuse me, interrupt for just no, a second. Is, sure. this, is this the interview or is this the pre interview? Uh, oh, just, I mean, we straight I'm, into I'm, it. We're, we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling. All I'm right, recording cool. now. Yeah. All right, just want to make sure. <laughs> it's casual. It's, I treat you know, life as, an, as it's always an interview, but you know, just right. Yeah. Know. But yeah, very casual. Uh, but yeah, so just yeah, how I found you was like, I think I was about to go into high school. My cousin Liam was just like, "You got to hear this song, Thingy Thing," and I, we're, me, me and my cousin Kevin were like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, this this guy Muxsticky, he's got this uh, song called the uh, uh, the Thingy Thing, and then the Icky, what is it, Icky Muck?" 
Yeah, uh, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the first two he showed us, and we were just like, okay. It was just like so different than, you know, whatever we were listening to at the time that it was like, oh, oh. what is this? We got to check this out a little bit more. So, yeah, I just remember yeah, yeah. playing it like on our uh, friend's subs, driving around little town of Paxton and just blaring <laughs> some of your goofy tunes and, uh, yeah, just living in the moment with it. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. I, uh, that's cool. What was your buddy's name? Um, so my cousin that showed it to me was Liam and he showed me and Liam. my cousin Kevin. And then we just went Liam off and Kevin. showed our whole groups of friends. Shout, and we're like, shout out to Liam. Oh for, yeah. <laughs> spreading the good vibes. Yeah. I actually haven't told him that, I'm doing this, so I'm going to hit him up in a few days when this is ready to post, and I'm going to be like, hey, you remember, uh, you remember uh, Muck Sticky? And I'm sure he's going to be like, oh, yeah, and I'm just going to send him the link to the video and be like, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, that's so, cool. Yeah, that's man. awesome. Um, so then your name, I think you've explained it before, but I'd love to hear just an origin of the name Muck Sticky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so... My best friend back in the day, Dr. Roachclip, rest in peace. He, uh, we had been friends for, I mean, probably like eight or nine years, and he got sick with multiple sclerosis. Damn. And through a bunch of complications and stuff, he ended up having to have a bunch of surgeries and was just in really bad shape. So we used to sit around picking guitar all the time on the acoustic. And I'd been in this little rock and roll band for a while and, uh, called Burning Couch. And, uh, I was sitting around picking the acoustic guitar with my buddy Dennis one day and we, um, I was just like playing like a little, like a John Denver sort of riff, you know, like I, I grew up listening to all show. kinds of music. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of multiple genres. In fact, I mean, you really can't find much music that I can't find something that I don't enjoy about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, I was, um, we were hanging out and I, I was picking this riff and I was just like, man, it needs a, uh, it needs like gangster rap lyrics to it, right? And uh, yeah, I'm from Memphis, so I mean, you know, I grew up listening to, you know, Skinny Pimp and a-Ball and MJG and 3-6 Mafia and all those dudes. And, right. Uh, Tommy Wright III and all those guys. So I uh, I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if it was like, and here, I, I just got, I got my guitar. Oh, hell yeah. It was like. And so, and it was on this guitar, actually, by the way. Awesome. And, oh wow. <laughs> uh, so um I was just picking that lick and I was like, man, wouldn't it be like I was like, oh and there's this movie. Uh uh it's called Money Talks. It's a Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker okay. back in the day. And there's this line in there where he's like, you know, I'm guess I'm supposed to be all G Dog on the fly tip and chilling with the homies and blah blah blah. And so I was just like, I kind of like took that you know, like cliche rap and, you know, rap terms. And like, I took that inspiration. And I was just like, you know, like, uh, homie, don't play that shit. <laughs> I'm a G dog chilling on the fly tip, tossing with my posse, you know, that kind of sort of thing. So anyway, I was like, I just, and I wrote this whole song 
and uh, I, I knew right in that moment when I was doing that, that I was like, man, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm supposed to make silly songs uh, that just somehow make people feel better because I was making my buddy laugh and he was really sick, you know, but I was right. making him laugh. We were having a good time. And, you know, it's kind of like he forgot about his illness for a little while because most of the time he was depressed about it. And so um, I just thought, man, if, if music can do that, then that's what I need to be doing. That's awesome. And, uh, so, uh, I, so the name that I wrote that song. So Beck was one of my favorite artists of all time. In fact, I was listening to Odelay the album just a little while ago. I was in the shower. I smoke a joint in the shower in the morning <laughs> while I listen to a song and or listen to an album. And uh, so I was listening to that album this morning. But Beck is my favorite artist. And I was thinking about, I thought, well, I got to give myself like a name, you know. And I was like, I could be just like a, a one name artist, you know, like Beck or Cher or, you know, there's tons of one name artists out there. Uh, Eminem, you know, people like that. And so I was like, um, I was just, and, and Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter was really popular at that time. And he was in his prime and I list, I watched the show all the time and he'd always talk about, Oh, we're all out here mucking around in the bush, you know, <laughs> going to get out there and the mucky mucking. And I was like, you know, all right. I like that word muck. It rhymes with fuck. This is <laughs> like, you know, 2000-ish, 2001, maybe. Okay. And so uh, uh, I thought, I'll just be a one-name artist, Muck. And so I got in my car, and I was on my way home from my friend's house from writing that song and realizing that I need to be an artist. And I was driving home, and I happened to have – I had this old Thunderbird, 94 Thunderbird, and had – Dr. Dre's The Chronic 2001 tape because it was 2000. That was like the popular year that tape came out. And, uh, I had that tape in the console and there's a line in one of the songs where Snoop Dogg's like, some of that real sticky, icky, icky, wee <laughs> put it in there. And I was like, I was like, dude, Sticky, that's a great last name. Muck, Sticky. Holy cow, that's great, dude. And it just... And then that's I, perfect. That's crazy. So you've been mucking for twenty years I, I now. I envisioned almost. the image, and and it went from there. Yeah. What was like, that? So you've been mucking for almost twenty years now. Yeah, man. That's Coming insane. up on my twentieth anniversary here this January of my. I have. I mean, technically, this year it is my twentieth year. Uh, uh, and coming up in January will be like my first live show I ever did. Okay. In fact, really, kind of, I was making tapes and CDs. Yeah, I guess this is my 20th year. I was making music a little bit before that being goofy, but I really didn't call it Muck Sticky. It was just goofing off with some friends, and it just yeah. sort of culminated. But So I guess uh, But January 12th will be the 20th anniversary of my first show ever. Nice. And um, funny enough, it was... Uh, uh, I don't know if y'all know the rapper Lil White, but uh, he was, uh, it was his Yeah, he's in your story. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lives here in Memphis. We've been friends for a long time. In fact, it was his first show, too. Oh, I knew, oh, wow. I knew him and the rap group that he was with before he got signed with 3-6. Uh, 
through some friends and we all hung out together and they were like hey we're playing this battle of the bands thing do you want to jump on it and i was like yeah okay cool and so i went and i won second place that night and uh that got called back for the finals and um uh, I, I got disqualified because you know i made all my own songs myself and so in order to play a live show i really just had to like take a cd and play you know sing along to a track right but i took these like guitar stands and i had this little toy drum kit this little kid's toy drum kit <laughs> and like i set up these little characters with wigs and sunglasses and hats and and I would like put an instrument like I would hang a guitar I took this lamp <laughs> pole and I may put a wig on top of this you know tall corner floor lamp thing and uh, put a wig on it and some sunglasses and then I strapped a guitar to it you know and so I made my own little band nice. you know if you will <laughs> and one of the judges disqualified me because she said I wasn't a band and uh, it was a battle of the bands and so oh, that's, she gave me all zeros that's bogus and, uh, <laughs> that's, bogus. that's all right she, yeah you I, still made it you still yeah <laughs> I, yeah I'm here I, here i am 15 albums later still making a career and she she and i are actually you know have become friends in the memphis music community and stuff and we see each other at events and functions all the time we're super friendly so no no ill ill will you know, it, it just helped me even stand, for, realize that I stood further apart and I just didn't fit in anywhere, you know. And I'll, I'm all about people embracing their uniqueness. And so uh, a lot of people, like, it hurts them when things like that happen. Instead, I feel you should embrace it when stuff like that happens and see it as a lesson to somehow grow. And Plus, it makes for a good story. When I'm hey, yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> yeah, a really good story. Yeah, I've never heard about anyone making a, you know, a band out of, you know, animatronics, what is it, like, fake objects. That's, that's yeah, very- so we know there's, like, the Chuck E. Cheese band with animatronics. Yeah, that's a little different. Funny yeah. you should mention that. Okay, so, uh, before it was Chuck E. Cheese, it was called Showbiz Pizza Place, and there was an animatronic band in there, which became the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band, but it was called the Rock of Fire Explosion. And you can see them in the band MGMT's music video for Electric Feel. Oh, okay. And like okay. it was like a cultural thing, right? Michael Jackson went and saw the Rock of Fire Explosion. It was a huge deal. And so, but anyway, so there, I'm friends with Andrew from MGMT. And I saw them in his video and I was like, dude, that would be awesome to have them as my band. So he connected me with the dude that invented that animatronic band. <laughs> we became really good friends and we like tried to work out this deal uh, to where they were going to tour with us and stuff. I mean, we got really close to working it out and then like some things just fell through. And, but anyway, if you Google Muck Sticky and the Rock of Fire Explosion, you can see a picture of me a promo picture that we did of me and the rock of fire explosion all together. Oh, we'll have to find that and drop it in post for everyone to see. Yeah, that's going to be, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> that was perfect that I accidentally said animatronic instead of inanimate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So Anim- then- animatronic stuff is really cool. The dude is a genius. Aaron Fector. If you like, look him up. He's got a YouTube channel and like he posts rock of fire explosion videos all the time and stuff. But this dude is a genius, man. He like, 
I mean, a genius. Like he's one of those <laughs> dudes that's on a whole other level that creates and invents things that you and I just like right blow your mind like some of that tinkering warehouse in orlando and it's just like some of the most crazy inventions you've ever seen in your life really cool dude we're, yeah we're i wrote that down we're definitely gonna check that out so when did you decide to get the tats when did you decide that muck sticky was permanent enough to rock out the that ink <laughs> oh man that's funny uh so um well, the first one I got was the one on the forearm. You don't really see that in a lot of videos, but it's... Oh, it's right, okay. I don't know if you can see that right there. But it's yeah, like I got a, Yeah. It's a forearm piece. Uh, I got that in 2004. Okay. Yeah. Got it in 2004 when I officially released my first album, which was a Nifty Marvelous Thrifty. And then in 2005, I got these. Um, I got people would come up to me all the time or I would be in public somewhere. And, you know, I'd see people pointing and whispering like people come to me. Hey, you look like somebody I recognize. What's your name? And so that would happen all the time. And, uh, you know, I just decided to... Uh, put them so people could stop asking they would say right, yeah. they would just know, <laughs> you know? Uh, so do you, yeah. do you get recognized a decent amount then oh man it, it's absolutely bananas you'd be surprised not i haven't had a lot a ton of mainstream publicity and press but that's just because i don't pay thousands of dollars a month for a publicist and i've never sold my soul to a record label so yeah um i uh but you know the amount of people who are aware of Muck Sticky is, is pretty, um, pretty humbling. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm always surprised when I'm somewhere that I don't imagine and I get recognized, you know, uh, um, I guess it's just the music video has been around. I kind of came up in the MySpace days, yeah. you know, um, MySpace was like the only social media thing yeah. for a while. <laughs> And uh, I mean, you're talking like from like 2004, I was one of the first million people on MySpace. I mean, if you like my user number is like nine, six, two, something or another, you know, okay. it's like I was I was real hip to that shit. And so I, I, I got into MySpace and promoting on there and and networking through that. And so that really helped it get out. And that was really when we were first started being able to make our own music videos as artists, independent artists, you know, it usually took a whole lot of money to make videos. And by then cameras were starting to become, uh, and editing was becoming affordable enough that you could, uh, you could just make your own stuff. Right. And so I was making videos and posting them and YouTube came along not too long after that. And so I, I jumped on YouTube and started posting videos there and, um yeah it just kind of sort of blossomed and i guess that's how people I, I don't really know the numbers i don't keep up with them because they change so much but yeah you know, the last time some one of my folks we looked it up and it was like you know it's like 50 million something views on between all of our stuff so it's, it's pretty it's solid out yeah. there i guess you know yeah you said the of just like how how far the reaches went i was gonna say that I, there's an example of like me and my friends would be listening to you in high school and we just were thinking like 
oh, this is like this is kind of our little thing. No one really, you know, knows who Muck Sticky is necessarily. And then we found that there was like a group of like country kids and they like would, you know, play your music the same way. And it just was like it just didn't really seem like they would be the ones they would like have like normal just like, you know, random country <laughs> songs and then you'd be like sprinkled in there and we were like what like it's just <laughs> but no that just showed Dude, yeah this awesome. affirmation that my dream has come true man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just uh you know i grew up a stoner listening to stoner music you know and wanting to just like make music that anybody could listen to really you don't have to be a stoner you know but just you know most people smoke weed and, yeah <laughs> uh you know that's one thing that i always felt like was important in society's things that bring us together our common bonds you know what i'm saying rather than like focusing on our differences let's focus on the things that bring us together and for me it was music and weed you know what i mean the i met the crazy craziest most interesting people just by you know hearing them play a song or seeing them at a concert and running you know saying something about the group we were watching or whatever the case was you know and yeah so i just i wanted to make music that anybody could listen to it didn't matter what you know what where you come from or what you believe in or what you listen to mostly you could still listen to muck sticky and enjoy it because it was you know just this own sort of little thing yeah it's fun know, and I, different I feel blessed that, my, that i've had the musical path i've had man so so blessed that's awesome um so yeah like you said you really you made the music for anybody because you kind of like all music because there's one line i think in your song me where it's like I like every kind of music. I was raised well. And that's just, yeah, it, it shows that like, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah it no, it definitely Thanks, shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So let's see, what do I got next? Um, yeah. So your uh, lyrics are definitely as inspirational as they are raunchy sometimes. And I think that's also very memorable for people that it's just as goofy as it is catchy. And you know, that's a good way to put it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like well, no, that's uh, definitely why I think it sticks well. All right, so yeah. then something that I really wanted to ask you about was your pajama record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still going, right? Yeah. Going uh, strong? I don't have – I'm on my phone right now, so I can't – hey, Siri. Uh, but you, you got a phone there that does hey, Siri? Yeah. I put it up to the microphone <laughs> or, or like where you can hear my voice. Hey, Siri. Is it popping up? Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Trying to impersonate you. You say it. You say, "Hey Siri, how many days has it been since July second, two thousand two? How many days has it been since July second, two thousand two? Six thousand five hundred sixty days. <laughs> there you go. Sixty-five, sixty. Okay. Because I saw so your there, post. I saw your post where you were like. People have been saying that there have been pajamas for 40 days in quarantine, and then you're just like, you know, yeah, keep uh, keep working on that, cause uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's a, it's a wonderful lifestyle, I must say. It's comfy. Uh, <laughs> I've, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know the story uh, behind it, but you know, it, it briefly, I've told it in other interviews, but you know, briefly, it's a. Uh, my best friend, who I was mentioning earlier, the one I was, got sick, he passed away uh, June 28, 2002. 
and July 1st was the day of his funeral. And so I wore a pair of slacks to, and like a suit and shit to his funeral, you know? And, uh, he, uh, by the end of the funeral, they had kind of like, just like gotten torn and tattered just from the emotions of the day and like moving, I was a pallbearer. So I was a lot of kneeling and, you know, just moving all over the place. And anyway, I just kind of took it as a sign from him that, you know, and I, and I was, you know, went to a very deep place, uh, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, uh, it made me realize that life is too short for you to uh, adorn yourself with garments in order to appease the opinions and minds of others you know what i'm right. saying or impress them you know i just you know i just think that's like you should express yourself how you feel you know if that's how you feel is to dress nicely in suits because i mean i i still dress nicely sometimes and have suits you know they're colorful you know but uh i'm, I'm always wearing pajama pants you know yeah. <laughs> And that's part of the thing is just like, it's also because it's really comfortable to me. And unless you're paying me, I mean, even most people, like if it's for art, if it's for a movie or something or a music video, I will wear some slacks or something. You know, I had to wear overalls in our movie, Dig That Zebo Newton and things like that. But that's for art, you know, that's di yeah, that's different. underneath. And when the camera stopped rolling, I'm back in my pajamas. Right. It's not like, you know, it's not. So, like, I've been to suit and tie events. I've been to black tie tuxedo events where, uh, you know, like, everybody's in a, you know, bow tie and, you know, the, the penguin suit, you know. And right. <laughs> I'm in my pajamas, you know. And it's just, <laughs> I, I have to be that way or I don't go, you know. And I, That's I just, awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It's a personal statement of also, like, you know, not conforming to society's expectations of what validates you as a decent human being. You don't have to wear fancy clothes to be a good person. You don't have to not smoke weed to be a good person. You don't have to not say cuss words to be a good person. Yeah. You know, being a good person is something like we all understand and connect with you know and if you're that then i'll recognize it and you're cool in my book and i and, and I, i'll be cool in your book you know like that's just i just th think that's more important than the the brand names or the clothes that you wear i mean you can do those things and i don't think of you as a bad person either but i yeah. just you know i don't know it's just not for me yeah same for me yeah and you shouldn't be doing it if you want to wear nice stuff because it makes you feel good, not because you're trying to make other people feel good. Yeah, that makes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, sometimes wearing those super nice things makes people feel good. And I'm all for that. I'm right. all for what makes people As long as you're still good, good dude, good chick. <laughs> can be a suck ass, hard, shitty place to be sometimes, you know, and uh, anything that makes life better for as many people as possible. That's what I'm for. And that's why I like, what did you said about the music being inspirational and raunchy, you know, I feel like 
you know, being raunchy makes people laugh and smile. Yeah. Because it t- it tickles. It, sometimes some people haven't heard those things, or it's taboo for them to say it. And hearing somebody else say it is, you know, funny. And yeah. Some things are just funny like that. If it's funny and it makes you smile and it's not hurting you as an individual and making you, you know, go do bad things in the world, then I'm don't see any problem with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, that's so, awesome, dude. <laughs> and yeah, at, at this rate, you kind of have that record in the bag. I don't think anybody's going to be able to pass that up. So yeah, oh, I think yeah no, you're kind of good to go. <laughs> uh, I, I we've researched it, man. There's like one dude down in Florida that calls himself like the Pajama Man or something, and he has a store where he sells pajamas. <laughs> but he's uh, he's only been doing it like eight or nine years or something. He's nowhere. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, I'm more than double, and he doesn't even wear pajamas every day. He's just the pajama man. You okay. <laughs> so yeah, you definitely got him. <laughs> like Hugh Hefner, you know, I don't even think he did. He, you know, he wore suits a lot too. He wore a lot of pajamas though. So he's yeah. kind of like the only part. He's one of the few people I'll pay homage to. Is like, okay, you're a pajama king before me. Uh, <laughs> I Salute recognize that. that. You know. That's all, awesome. All due respect, sir. <laughs> Rest in, rest your soul. Rest in pajamas. <laughs> yeah, rest in pajamas, sir. Uh, so then we watched your movie last night. Yeah, we did. Got oh, that. cool! Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it was it was good. We really liked it. Um, so I was gonna say something. It it seemed like your one, your friend. I I forget his name in the movie. So was Frank. that was that based off your friend in real life? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense then. Because yeah. the way that character was written, it felt very close and yeah. like personal. And I knew you wrote basically all of that. So, yeah, I figured there was maybe something. So when you brought that up, I thought that that was – and I, that's a definitely a good way to, you know, kind of pay respects and an immortalized, you know, piece of art that he's able to be represented in. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, man. It's very kind yeah. of you to say. I, uh, I – there's a, a lot of aspects of that movie that are from real life. So of course, a lot of fictitious, you know, uh, some are just like metaphors for things that happened, you know, uh, it's very, uh, that movie was like, you know, 10 years in the making before oh, okay. we finally were able to get it, get started on it. And then it was like 12 years of working on it before it was actually made, you know? Dang. So, uh, it took it took a long time to get it together. I can't thank the people that were involved in that making that movie enough. They just had the most tremendous, amazing team, uh, supportive people who uh, bent over backwards to help us get that thing done. Came out of pocket and uh, you know invested their time and effort and heart and soul into it, just like we did. And uh, Man, I think it really shows how how much you know people came together on on that project. I, I just truly blessed, yeah, uh, and thankful for everybody that, that took part in it. Because yeah, it felt it was very artsy, very homegrown, and yeah, you could tell that everybody wanted to be a part of that movie, and that was those are my favorite it. kind of movies, man. Like Sling Blade is one of my favorite is is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, know? yeah. And that, I wanted yeah. to make a movie that was kind of in that world of independently done, you know, people making their own movie their own way. 
sort of thing. You know what I mean? Nobody telling them what to do. We didn't want anybody. Oh no, you got to say this instead of that. And there you can't got to take that scene out there, you know, and replace it with this, you know, instead of having him, you know, riding a bike, let's put him on a scooter. You know what I mean? And like, you know, yeah. they just change stuff like that for whatever reasons, you know, like we didn't want anybody telling us how to make our movie, man. And, uh, so we just went for it our own way. We had some, like I said, some really good fry. I spent a crazy amount of money on it. I had some really good friends put in some money as well. And uh, we, the locations just kind of fell into place for us. Uh, yeah, the, the people, scenery like is I beautiful. Said, yeah, yeah so, so was, drone that, shots. Most of that was shot out in a place called Shelby Forest area of Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. It's like on the north side of town. Uh, it It's right along the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River comes, you know, Memphis is on the edge of the Mississippi River and you cross the bridge and you're in West Memphis, Arkansas. And so you're, you're in a whole other state when you cross the river. So it borders the river, It's it, but it's just a little north of downtown Memphis. And, uh, and you know, there's a general store out there. The guy who plays the deputy in the movie, uh, alongside jerry lawler the sheriff um the deputy is the guy who actually owns the general store and runs oh, cool. it works behind the counter and he's oh, right that on. kind of crazy character in real life man in fact that scene he was very tame he's real like lively, <laughs> cool his name's doug ammons uh him and his wife Kristen, they're just awesome people and uh that store is just one of the coolest places in the whole whole area man yeah, justin timberlake kind of... grew up like less than a, like a, a mile down the road from it right and he went to school right across the street from it and the church scene that you see the preacher is justin timberlake's father randy oh timberlake. i said randy oh, timberlake okay, i was okay. laughing about the name okay yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, and that's that church is actually where Justin grew up going to church at, and his father uh, was a music minister there, and his grandfather was a preacher there, I believe. So uh, it's all Memphis has like this rich history of music and stuff, and um, but that general store is right in the smack dab in the middle of all that. So. Okay. Yeah, that, it's as real as it gets. If they're living there and their whole life's there, then they start acting there. That's you could really tell. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you mentioned Memphis a couple times. You already mentioned Jerry the King Lawler. How did that ha happen? I mean, I know he's a Memphis legend, uh, and music's a big deal, and wrestling's a big deal in Memphis, or at least it was. Uh, can you talk yeah. about Jerry a little bit? Yeah, it still is a big deal here. Uh, yeah, man, Jerry and I met. Probably it's hard to pinpoint it because I've had such a crazy wild career that time isn't something and dates is not something I really remember yeah. very well. I remember what years my albums came out, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm and uh, there's a couple of things that I do remember what years they are, but uh, Jerry and I met on the golf course. I'm thinking probably 10 years ago or so. Wow. Uh, he, he was uh, me and a group playing in front of him and uh that he kind of caught up to us he's waiting to tee off and i saw him sitting down there i was like i recognized him because my buddy Lil hollywood who's in a lot of my music videos and my, was in my group for a long time uh wrestled w with jerry and uh jimmy hart and 
Jeff Jarrett and all those guys. Right on. Uh, and so I knew they knew each other and I was with good friends with little Hollywood. So I went over to him and introduced myself and I said, Hey man, my name is Mark Sticky. You know, I'm a musician. Oh, and he goes, Oh, Hey man, I know who you are. Oh. I, I took this girl. Uh, I was taking this girl to a wrestling show one time, man. And all she wanted to do was talk about Mark Sticky this and Mark Sticky that. And I'm like, dude, you're hanging out with me. So I know who you are. And so we ended up playing the rest of that round of golf together. And then wow. we would see each other at different events around town, fairs and things like that. And then when we got to casting the movie, um, you know, I like I said, I'd seen him, you know, a dozen times or so throughout, you know, the years. And uh, he would tell me that same story every time to me. Like, oh, this chick, man, she's all she's going to talk about most things. And so uh, I we to ready to cast the movie we're like let's make it all memphis people uh and get you know some famous you know i'll call on some of my famous friends and uh and i kind of know jerry lawler and so i reached out to him and i'm like hey jerry we're making a movie would you maybe be in it It'd probably only take like a day to film your role you know film your scenes or whatever and he was like sure i'd love to be in it and i was like oh that's, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome that's fucking cool shit <laughs> so we met and went over the script and we became really good friends and film that scene actually we haven't become really good friends i i i sent him the script and he read it and we met once and talked about it and then he came over and we literally had like five hours to get his scene shot and we had to shoot two scenes uh here my place and then we had to drive 45 minutes out to the general store Okay. And stop and get something to eat in between. And so, uh, and he was just such a pro. We got it done. And when we were out there filming the parking lot, there was like school was letting out just, Justin Timberlake's middle school was letting out and buses were driving by and people were screaming and we we're having such a hard time getting it shot, man. But he was such a pro. He knocked it out. And then last year, of course we had premieres and stuff and became friends after that. And, last year he called me up and was like hey man i'm having some uh issues getting my saturday morning wrestling show uh memphis classic memphis wrestling uh, edited and sent to the tv stations you know it's basically just like ripping old dvds and stuff that i have and taking old files and compiling it into a show and you know producing it and whatever and putting it on tv and so <coughs> I have a production company. Excuse me, let me take a sip of something real quick here. For sure. <laughs> so he, um, he, I started producing Jerry Lawler's classic Saturday morning Memphis wrestling, man. And it was really cool, you know, because I grew up watching the stuff and I was a huge fan of Andy Kaufman and that whole, you know, duel, that, you know, big thing. And, uh, I'm, I just love Memphis wrestling. And so getting to like produce, you know, right. Memphis Saturday morning Memphis wrestling is really cool. It's like bucket list type shit. I did it for <laughs> a good six months and then he got the gig uh, back announcing for Monday Night Raw. Right. And uh, so he stopped producing the show because his all his time was devoted to that. He's always out of town and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you still we play a wrestling golf. guy? We played golf uh, uh, last friday yeah oh nice okay thursday or friday 
You still like Star wrestling? Like Not so much? A little busy for it? Is he wrestling? Yeah, he's still wrestling. No, I mean, do you wrestling? still watch wrestling? Do I? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I watch. He, he gave me tickets to a, a SmackDown last year. I went and, uh, you know, there's some folks in Memphis who do um, championship wrestling. And it's like a thing out of Hollywood, but it's they have a feed here in Memphis, Dustin and Maria Starr. They do this uh, Saturday morning thing. And so it's still popular. It's mostly internet a lot too these days though. Uh, you know, so I want wrestling's always, you know, part of my world somehow or another, you know, right. in fact, I just, like I said, we went and played golf and then I went back over to Jerry's and uh, helped him work on a few things uh, for his wrestling website. His, re his website's back up now. You can order wrestling stuff back, by the way. Uh, so Jerry's a great dude, man, though. He's, he is really one of the, you know, one of the nicest dudes I've, I've ever known and just like real stand-up guy, real professional, um, totally deserving of – being the king i'm honored <laughs> yeah. to to be friends with the king man for sure that's awesome yeah that's great to hear man because sometimes you just you know you hear don't meet your heroes all that stuff but <laughs> it's nice to know that you know there's some real kings out there man you know that's funny you say that because in my career i've met two people out of out of all the people that i've met celebrity wise two maybe three that i would consider one of those hey don't meet your hero thing because or whatever yeah. uh but i've met a lot of my heroes man and they've been really cool folks man that's usually how they become heroes is by being cool folks you know what i'm saying so uh you know if you're your your artistry you try as uh, you know as an artist at least i try to match my life with my you know art as much as possible now we, you know of course embellish some stuff you know I'm not still like pissing in parking lots and flipping off <laughs> cops everywhere I go. You know, maybe, maybe some, but you know, right. I, uh, you know, I don't That's know. awesome. I just, I, I, I think art, art is a, is a cool thing. It's, it's a free. It, it helps you liberate yourself in, in your mind, in, in the world. You know, uh, I don't know. Art's, art's such a cool thing. I, I think it's. It should be cherished and our artists should be uh, appreciated. You know, I, I appreciate all, all the artists that I look up to. And I have a lot of personal friends who are artists that, uh, you know, I'm just I'm such big fans of what they do. In fact, there are people that I meet and I'm friends with before I meet their uh, I see their art and I become a fan of their art because I like them as a person first. Right. You know. Uh, Post Malone is that way, man. I met Post when day I met Post Malone, I had heard one song maybe, and I went to introduce the Flaming Lips at Bill Street Music Fest here in Memphis. And Wayne, the singer of Flaming Lips, was like, "Hey, let's go watch Post Malone play after this." And so, because he was playing on another stage at the different end of the festival, and so me and Wayne, his wife Katie, we got and some friends of theirs, we got on a golf cart, and we went down and watched him play. And I'd never heard his music. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty talented, dude. And then we went up in his trailer and hung out for a few. And then they left. Flaming Lips left. And uh, 
I was just left there by myself with him <laughs> and his crew. And he invited me to come hang out on his bus and do football and had races and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun, really fun night. Hung out for like five or six hours the first night I met him. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I didn't really know his music before that night. And it was the night beer bongs and Bentleys went number one. And you nice. know, his mom was there. I met her and she's a really cool lady. And um so I kind of became friends with him before I really knew his music too well. And then I started listening to his music and I became more of a fan. And in fact, you know, like he's, he's one of those dudes that I'm telling you, he's very deserving of his success, man, because he's such a nice considerate dude. You know, he's very, he's really gives a shit about people. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's yeah. an important thing in the world is, you know, giving a shit about people. And he's a mega star at this point. He's, Yep. <laughs> he could so not shit. give a fuck and he does he still does still acts like a normal dude hangs out with all of his homies brings all of his homies on tour with him and uh you know takes time you know to you know sit and talk to people you know like we had a a good you know like 45 minute conversation amidst all this chaos at one of the last shows i hung out I mean, i've been to you know a couple dozen shows now and we'll sit and just tight talk while there's all this shit going on. We'll sit and listen to you and talk to you and have a real, you know, a lot, I've met some superstars who are just like robots. You almost feel like they're not even listening to what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he's totally in tune and aware kind of dude, man. Super yeah, cool he's dude. a funny dude. I've seen him in interviews and on podcasts and stuff. And yeah, he's a very, very funny guy. <laughs> Makes sense that you guys would hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, if in all honesty and looking at it if i were if i weren't me and looking at it I, I wouldn't think it but that's what i was saying earlier about you know meeting different people in life and being open to meeting and, and uh, interacting with different kinds of people because you learn a lot of different stuff by not just hanging out with the same people all the time you know and uh you know i i'm that way with a lot of different folks uh i'm i have my best friend is a 63 year old plumber you know what i'm saying <laughs> best friend in the world 63 year old plumber gray hair looks like willie nelson you wouldn't by looking at us you wouldn't think hey those two dudes are best friends you know what i'm saying yeah. but his name's ricky uh he he plays the the farmer in zebo in the movie like when uh, oh, right when the boss walks back to talk to the dude that's riding up on the four-wheeler or whatever that's he's the guy on the four-wheeler so. gotcha okay so this might be a hard question. Um, it might be an easy one, but do you have any favorite songs of your own or music videos that were particularly just kind of stuck with you for any reason or another? Man, that's <laughs> tough. It, people, you know, ask that a lot. What's your favorite song? And my standard answer is, well, that would be like asking me which one of my kids is my favorite if I had kids. That's a good way um, to put it. <laughs> because I do treat my music kind of like my kids, you know, uh, a lot of people focus on all the things they don't like about life, including people and whatever, you know, I, I grew up in a place where it's predominantly people talked about what you hate and the people you hate, you know? And, uh, but my philosophy is why would I tattoo? If these are my kids, why would I tattoo? These are going to be here forever. Even my kids, even my, if I had children, children, they would eventually pass away one day. But what I put on them or what I put into them 
is, you know, will last forever. So this like my children, you know, if I if I talk about my haters or the people I hate or things I don't like in life, uh, then that would be like tattooing them with those things. And so right. uh, I do treat them as my kids in that respect. But, you know, it's funny you say that like vi videos. One of the mo one of the most fun videos we made was the gobbledygook video because we got to take over the summer drive-in which is this drive-in movie theater in memphis where i grew up as a kid going to drive-in movies and saw my first drive-in movie there nice you know snuck in there countless times in people's trunks you know uh, i grew up going there so to get to like take it over and make a music video there is it's such a cool thing plus the skit we did me and the guy john pickle who is a super funny, talented actor guy um, and creator of Pickle TV. Uh, he, um, we took that thing over and just, and I was a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Hunter S. Thompson. So to kind of recreate our own sort of version of that uh, mythical legend that he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would, uh, was very cool that was uh, that one sticks out first and foremost um the thingy thing video was a blast to make i didn't yeah, realize that, that, it, uh, that it was going to be what it was at the time you know uh it was the band that that house there's a, a rock band pretty famous uh, rock band called egypt central there they've come back recently but they weren't around for a long time um they spawned the band devour the day these are big rock bands yeah uh and that was at their band house in fact when we kind of peek in the room that's the lead singer john uh in in the room with the girl and he's like go away go away you know? <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. but that was at the egypt central band house in memphis tennessee is a real popular hangout spot and i knew all those dudes well we played a bunch of shows together and um so that was a fun video to make um one day at a time was a fun one to make because that was the first one that i really put my mom and my sister in and we yeah, shot really a lot of that in them florida what's that you really include them a lot i really like that you really uh your music and yeah. your movie ingrained with them yeah they're they've been part of my life my whole life you know and so yeah. just to put them as part of the art you know it seemed just you know, a natural thing. Art imitates life. Life imitates art. You know, so yeah, uh, we just try to kind of merge ourselves because I think if you make it too different, you know, then you know you got to put on a show. And like, uh, I believe life is a show. You know, and so if you put on a show, let your life be that show. You know, and uh, of course, I've done some stuff in my music and career that I'm not so proud of like if i were to have some kids and they were to do some things when they were teenagers i'm like you naughty kids i'm not so proud of you right now <laughs> you know so of course we've all done that you know uh, right but uh for the most part man like all the music videos and stuff i've done i'm really i've had a lot of fun doing and uh i don't know uh live this life was a fun video to do uh that was i was watching that the other day I, that song has got a lot of good and you know 
I wrote that song at a good time. I was writing some pretty good things right around mm. then. Before then, those first those couple albums before that were really good. Fantastic, and uh, brain named itself and stuff. So uh, that was a fun video. I remember putting the big smiley face thing on. I don't remember how I came up with that concept. <laughs> but anyhow. Well, yeah, they say uh, don't don't forget your roots, and you really uh, you really are a, a shining example of that. I'd say with you know making the movie how you did, sure. making the songs how you do. It, yeah, don't forget your roots is definitely something you kind of embody one hundred percent. I'm just glad I'm glad to hear you say that, man, because you know you always uh, you want to make sure of that you know, and you. Thinking, thinking that you do is one thing, but uh, other people acknowledging that you do is is a good thing too. So, right, uh, I appreciate yeah, no, it's, that. That's kind yeah. of you to say. I, Everyone you needs know, a little I, affirmation. <laughs> sometimes I forget, you know, and I'll make some songs, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, what, I look back on them, like, yeah, what was I thinking, trying to make, you know, making that song? But a lot of times, music's an inspiration, and so if I hear something, I'm like, hey, I really like that song it makes me feel good to listen to that. I want to make a song that's kind of like that, or it's in that sort of world of, then I'm going to make it, you know? Right. And, you know, it may not be as quirky or as funny as some of my stuff, uh, or as totally muck sticky as it should be, <laughs> you know, but, uh, that's, that's my prerogative, man, you know, and like that, that in itself is like, what artistry is about is doing what you think is what you should be doing, not what anybody else thinks you should be doing. Yeah. You know? And so if you're, if you come from that place of like, I'm going to make this because I want to make it, then uh, you'll always stay true to your roots, you know? And so yeah, that'll always ring true. And boy, I can't wait for the new music to come because these days I'm in a good space. I've been making some good stuff. And I've got a lot of leftover stuff from the last album that I didn't really, that I didn't include. So I've been coming back, putting those back in and, uh, man, it's all starting to come together really good, man. Really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. We're looking forward to that for sure. Um, but yeah, so we're getting pretty close to an hour. Is there anything, cool. uh, any last things you want to share? Any, you know, final parting words of wisdom, anything? I mean, you, you're very inspirational. You've been saying very, uh, you've been saying words of wisdom this whole time, but any, <laughs> anything else in particular you'd want to, you know, share? Man, uh, you know, just, uh, for anyone that's, you know, having a tough time in life or, uh, feeling unsure or uncertain or scared you know just recognize that life is everything you know if you think about that life is everything it's the good and the bad it's the light and the dark it's the right and the wrong and all of it is in life and so if you sort of have that uh understanding and you sort of look at life that way you're able to deal with things in a much better way and uh instead of getting caught up in certain things that's just kind of the way i've lived my life and 
if I Twerking. can inspire anybody else to kind of do the same thing, man, you know, like don't get so caught. It you're gonna, you're still gonna. I still do all the time. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. It happens to me regularly, but try not to let it last too long. That's the real. That's the key to it. Is like try to do something that brings you back to your true self. So be your true self. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, well, Muck Sticky, thank you for coming on. You're yeah, a, thank you. You're a blast to talk to. Very good stories. Very... Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for having me, man. My pleasure. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, we'll definitely. Keep up the good work, man. I like we'll... that tie-dye shirt, too, by the way. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Represent <fresh>. Illinois. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to you guys, man. Thank you all for doing what you do, man. Keep, keep the good vibes circulating amongst people, man. You guys are doing a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Yes. Right. Thank you. Peace Have comes. a good one, Mug. Peace out. Hold it right there. I heard you're not using Anchor, and here is why you're wrong about that. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, it's got creation tools that you can use to record, edit, everything from your phone, your computer, whatever. And it's free. It costs no money, less than a gumball. Less than a gumball. <laughs> and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. Uh, it goes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I think like seven other things. And you can Most also, places. Yeah, most places that people are listening to podcasts. And you can distribute it even more beyond there. You're not stuck with just those ten places. Put it anywhere else. Uh, you can make money from it. We're making a little bit. I'm not going to talk about that. We're not going to get into that, but we're it's making tacky. we're making money. Uh, let's just put it that way. And with no minimum listenership, it uh, doesn't matter if you're getting one listen or one million, you're making cash. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. Um, if you guys want to download it, it's available pretty much any app store, or you can go to anchor.fm to check it out. All right. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while.